Deep in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday Where we tell your odd but true stories It is Friday, July 28th We've got something special for you today. It is memorable stories from Freaky Friday's past. Best of this week. We are on vacation this week. I am currently in California somewhere. Heather, where are you? In Oregon somewhere. (laughs) We're West Coast booze. We're West Coast babes this week. But we wanted to give you five of our favorite stories. I mean, all of your stories that you've sent in have cracked us up, made us laugh, made us cry, made us scared. But these are five that popped up in our heads when we thought about best of. And the last entry is a special moment from the most recent Q&A on Patreon when Christy and I were asked, what is your Freaky Friday story? Mm, There were a lot to choose from, but a couple came to mind. And my reaction is ridiculous. Please enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) But that is uh, the kind of fun we have on our Q&As. But we appreciate Madison for asking that question because it gave us us a moment in our friendship, a reveal in our friendship. We haven't been asked that before either. So there were a lot of first-time questions asked on this most recent Q&A, and they're always just fun to answer, head-scratchers, get a conversation going. So if you didn't get to enjoy that live, you can always go to our Patreon, and as soon as you sign up, you get immediate access to all of the backlog of Q&As, live streams, bonus content. There's so much on there. Yeah, and the video version of this where my jaw is just dropping, like, you didn't tell me? You didn't tell me that happened? I was right there. <laughs> I realized in the moment that maybe that wasn't the best call. You'll get to see it all unfold. Well, the Q&A was super fun. We always have so much fun um, reading y'all's Freaky Fridays and telling them, like Heather said, whether we laugh, cry, or scared, can relate. We always appreciate them. And we appreciate all of you in this special edition. Enjoy. Well, this first one's from Peter, and it is called The Lady with the Bag. Hey, y'all. I love you, too, and your show so much. Thank you so much for this segment. I love hearing people's creepy stories. So this story is from when I was in high school, during the summer following my sophomore year. At the time, my family was living in an apartment complex, and I shared a room with a family friend named Sean, who was staying with us for a while. Now, Sean loved smoking pot and was probably high as a kite 24-7. And while I never got high with him, I'm sure I probably got a contact high from time to time, especially after looking at some old pictures he and I took of us from this time and seeing how red my eyes were. Now, this is relevant because sometimes after smoking late at night, Sean would get some serious munchies and have a craving for some root beer and gummy bears. It just so happened that we lived about a five-minute walk away from a 7-Eleven, so often we'd find ourselves walking over there at 2 in the morning to buy some snacks before coming back home to watch SNL or some awful Adam Sandler comedy. On one night, however, things didn't go as planned. 
as usual, Sean got high and got the munchies. And so we headed over to the 7-Eleven to get some snacks. Afterwards, armed with candy and Slurpees, we began the short walk back home. Now, this was probably like one or two in the morning, and we were used to being the only people out during these short walks. On this night, however, as we were about a minute or so away from the apartment, we noticed that someone was walking on the sidewalk towards us. Even from a distance, I could tell something was off. They were wearing all black clothing with a cloaked hood on their head, like a reaper's hood, which made it difficult to make out their face, and they were carrying a large plastic bag with the handles tied tight. As uncomfortable as they made me, I decided not to say anything to Sean and just keep walking with him back to the apartment, head down, as there was no other way to get there besides on this street. As we were about to pass this person, however, I couldn't resist the curiosity to get a better look at them. Boy, do I regret that. First, I saw their face. It was the most profound experience of Uncanny Valley that I've ever had in my life. She was a woman, but she looked more like a doll. Almost human, but something wasn't quite right about her. It was like staring at an avatar from a video game, but in real life, as though someone from The Sims was walking out on the street. I was terrified at this. They looked straight at me with hollow, unreal eyes, no emotions on their face at all. Disturbed as I was, I was taken out of this by an even more frightening realization. I heard a rustling noise against plastic. It was their bag. Something in it was moving. Inside, I was freaking out, but I said nothing. I just kept walking on. I just wanted to get back home. After passing them, both Sean and I kept walking on silently, both of us devastatingly unsure of what we just saw. When we got to the apartment not soon after, I turned my head back to see if they were still there, but I saw no trace of the person in the black cloak with the bag. Once home, I finally mustered the courage to look at Sean. He looked just as terrified as I felt, his high long gone. What was that? He asked me, the first words either of us had said to each other since passing the woman. To this day, I have no idea who the lady was or why she looked the way she did. Or even worse, what did she have alive in her bag, walking around with at two in the morning on a summer night? Well, Sean, I hope your gummy bears were worth it. <laughs> this is the one that really freaked me out. What is that? That's, I don't know, but Uncanny Valley stuff is very unnerving. The um, description of her looking like a doll, because I picture almost those type of masks, like in The mm -hmm. Strangers, where it's, you know what I'm talking about, that looks kind of doll-like. Now, those look really more like a, a mask than a person. But if it was like that, but just a little more human, like you said, like an avatar or uh, an AI or something, there's just something mm -mm. off. Because it makes you wonder... How'd that face get like that? Yeah. Is it because I don't think it's a I don't think it's a computer screen. I don't know what it is. Also, what is in the bag? A human hand. Like I think it was like the thing on Adam's family. <laughs> Do you think it, it was like um, a a companion, or she had taken this from someone and it was still twitching? I wonder. Oh, the hand was it a hand panion? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like thing. Yeah, she has to keep it in the bag. Otherwise, the jig is up. Everyone knows they're going to get 
found out. And he's like, get oh, me out. Like, I want to walk along the sidewalk. <laughs> I want to see what those guys got from Or at least let me perch on your shoulder. Right. That's that's the whole thing is bizarre. Why do you why are you have a, a Reaper's cloak on and a hood? Mm-hmm. What at two is, in the morning. Why at two in the morning? What are you doing walking around and what's in your bag that's rustling? On the flip side, if you have to walk alone at night at two in the morning, wear a cloak, shake a rustling bag, True. put a weird mask on, because it, then they'll think you're the weirdo, and mm-hmm. then they'll leave you alone, and they'll go, we ran back so afraid. No one's going to fuck right, with you, you nope. if you look like a Sims character walking around <laughs> at two in the morning. It's true. That is true. I have a lot of questions. So many. So, I'll think about this for a while. Peter, if you don't mind drawing a fo- like drawing a picture or like sending, <laughs> well, I mean the Sims character helps, but uh, any rendering would help. Yeah, uh, and theories as to what may have yeah been in the back. You know, the real crime here is uh, your high is just totally gone. <laughs> after I was that. thinking that you know, you're like, you're, now you got the root beer and gummy bears. You're like, I don't want it. I don't need these anymore. Yeah, I'm I don't scared even want shitless this. now. Yeah, <laughs> totally ruined the night. <laughs> Ruin the night. This one's from Sam, and the subject line is The Kidnapper Took My Bagel. Hi, ladies. You guys are amazing, and your podcast is my favorite. I wanted to share one of the freakiest experiences I have ever personally had. This only happened a couple of years ago in my small town in Utah. Here's my story I usually leave for work around 7 a.m. And I often stop at a little grocery store a few blocks from my home that has a from-scratch bakery inside to grab some breakfast. On this particular day, it was a cold and dark winter morning in December. And I had pulled into the almost empty parking lot and parked my Outlander under the nearest street lamp close to the store's front doors, as I always do. I parked my car and rummaged through my change looking for some quarters to buy a bagel. I found three quarters, but knowing that my bagel was going to cost me 88 cents... I sighed and grabbed my wallet instead. I would have to use my debit card for my 88-cent purchase. Just as I was getting ready to get out of my car, I noticed a smallish black truck driving through the parking lot towards where I was parked. The truck drove through the empty parking lot and parked in the space right behind my car. I thought that that was a bit strange that this person entered from the other end of the parking lot, but decided to drive all the way to where I was parked on the opposite side of the lot instead of parking closer to where they had entered. But whatever, maybe they had a favorite parking spot just like I did. I went inside and picked out a delicious-looking cheese bagel, freshly made that morning, and grabbed a cherry Coke. If I had to use my debit card anyways, I might as well get some caffeine while I'm at it. I paid for my breakfast and went back out to my car. Side note, my car, which is one of those compact crossovers, looked kind of like the love child of a car and an SUV. It was not large like an SUV, but had a lot more space inside than a small sedan would have. At the time of this incident, my Outlander was having some electrical issues that sometimes caused my electric locks to not work correctly. When I would lock the doors, sometimes they all locked, sometimes all but one locked, or sometimes none of them would lock, and I would have to lock them manually. On this particular morning, I locked the doors on my way into the store and was under the assumption that all four doors had locked. But... You know what they say about assuming things. It truly did make an ass out of you and me, but mostly just me. Back to the story. I walked out to my car in the brutally cold morning air and couldn't get into my warm car any faster. I got in, turned on the engine, and blasted the heat. 
I got out my Diet Coke and sat my bagel on the top of the paper bag on the seat next to me so I could nibble at it as I drove to work. I was about to put my car in gear when I had a sudden feeling of panic in the pit of my stomach. I caught movement in my peripheral vision and quickly turned my head to see the figure of a man sit up from a laying position in my back seat. The fuck? I yelled as I saw the man clearly for the first time. He was now sitting in the seat right behind me and leaned all the way forward until he was inches from my face. He had dark, dark eyes that now remind me of the lifeless black eyes of a shark about to attack. His dark hair fell around his face as he moved toward me, and I felt and smelled his hot, rancid breath on my face as he said in a loud stage whisper, Don't scream. I just need a ride. Fuck that shit. I'm out. I opened my door and booked it like Usain Bolt, leaving my car running and all of my belongings still inside. I ran back towards the store, slipping on a patch of ice and landing hard on my backside. I got back up and closed the distance to the automatic front doors of the store and ran inside. I went to the only cashier that was on duty that early in the morning and told them that I needed to call the cops. Someone broke into my car. As I was explaining what happened, my eyes did not leave the front door. Was this guy going to follow me into the store? Was he still waiting for me in my car? Oh, shit. Was he going to steal my car? Fuck. I left the keys out there, along with my wallet and phone. The cashier and I called the local PD, and they had a patrol car in the parking lot within five minutes. Once the police officer was there, I felt safe enough to go to my car with him. The man was gone. My car was still running, and my phone and wallet were both still there. The police officer asked if anything was missing. And I said, I don't think so. And then I saw it. The empty bakery bag on my passenger seat. That mofo took my bagel. Somehow, this set me off and I started bawling. (laughs) Just my bagel. The adrenaline rush from my experience had worn off and now I was just scared and emotional. The police officer asked if I wanted to stay while he and the manager checked the cameras. Or if I wanted to give my report and leave for work. I opted to stay for his investigation. The manager pulled up the surveillance videos from the parking lot. There were two cameras that covered the parking lot, and watching the evidence of what happened did not ease my panic of what could have possibly happened to me. We reround the footage to a few minutes before I arrived in the lot, and we watched as that same small black truck that I noticed earlier pulled into the parking lot and parked behind the dumpster on the far end of the lot. The truck sat for over five minutes with the lights out, and no one got out of the vehicle. That's when my car pulled into the lot and parked in my usual spot. Within just a few seconds, the truck's lights came back on and it made its way through the parking lot to pull up right behind my car. I watched myself walk casually into the store. Then we saw the man. He jumped out of the truck as soon as I was out of sight and started jiggling my door handles. He tried my driver's side door and it was locked. Then he tried the back door and it opened. Stupid locks! He crawled into my back seat and waited for me, and you know what happened next. After I saw myself run back to the store, and I had to laugh through tears watching myself splay out on the ice when I fell down, I had made it safely into the store. But the guy didn't run away. We watched as he got out of my car and walked casually to the front doors that I had just entered. The automatic doors slid open as he leaned his back against the outside of the sliding glass door. Imagine a little kid trying to hide during tag by getting as flat as they can against the wall and trying to disappear from sight. 
That's what he looked like. Then he leaned his head inside the door, leaning onto the glass doors with his legs sticking out in the air behind him. He must have seen me talking to the cashier about calling the cops because he didn't enter the store. I don't know how I didn't see him at the time. I must have looked away at just the right time. He turned and walked back to the black truck, got inside, and drove away. What the fuck? What was he doing? What was he planning on doing with me? He obviously wasn't just an unhomed person looking for a ride or a warm place like I'd hoped he was. He had a plan, and it felt malicious. The officer took my statement and logged the license plate into the system. It was an out-of-state plate. He told me that he would put a bolo out on the truck, but nothing really came of it that I'm aware of. The store I was at is about three minutes from Interstate 15, so if he wasn't a local, he had an easy way out of our little town, and who knows where he could have gone. Once all was said and done, I still had to leave for work, and the sweet bakery worker gave me a free bagel to replace the one the kidnapper took. I never heard anything else from the police and have never seen that truck driving in my town again. Thank you for reading. I hope you all have great holidays and a wonderful new year. Yeah, whenever she says she sees the movement in her periphery, it makes me want to vomit a thousand times. Uh, that is definitely, this definitely is a top nightmare concern. I, uh, so many times have gotten into my car and immediately checked the back seat. But Pete Holmes has a bit where he also does that. But then he talks about when you're driving down the highway and you're like, shit, I didn't check my back seat. And you put your hand back there. <laughs> and he's like, what am I going to do if I feel somebody back there? <laughs> but that's it's so scary just to see him raise up and then get that close. I mean, it's it's not um, especially once you watch those shapes and you're like, he doesn't need a ride. He drove himself here. So we're starting off on a lie. Mm -hmm. uh it doesn't seem like there was going to be a good outcome for that no and he hit his truck too and so mm -hmm. yeah if you get her to, to another location away from those cameras she did the right thing jumping out and just oh, running yes. off that's terrifying and thank god he didn't have a weapon or something where she felt like she had to stay mm -hmm. you know in the car you know didn't have a weapon that she saw but yeah that and this is goes to show i always think Oh, it's dark at night. I should check my back seat before I get in the car and drive off because it's late at night. But this is bright early morning sun, early enough to be getting a bagel. Bless that bakery for giving you a replacement bagel. Also, fuck that guy for that's the thing you take. You the dick. one little treat that she was looking forward to. And I get it. I would have also probably kept it together and then broken down at the bagel part. So, yes. Sam, it because if you have been in a situation like this, Sam's exactly right. You have that like adrenaline rush that like levels you out for a minute where you can get shit done. But as soon as it leaves your body and you feel like you can kind of relax, all those emotions come out. So it sucks that your bagel was taken. Very nice of the bakery owner to be like, you know what? This one's on us. We're gonna and, and you were able to laugh at the slipping in the ice, which a friend of mine slipped in the ice at his house and every once in a while we'll he'll send around the replay or his wife will send around the replay of him you know he was fine but like this was on, on a, the ice like a ring doorbell yeah it was like above their uh garage in the back he went out to let the dogs out oh i'm gonna need to see this yeah i'll get a copy for you <laughs> do i know this person yeah yeah yeah. he's great <laughs> well yeah that's and oh man that is a hard fall and that's yeah, like one of those fall. falls that pisses you off too because it's like you're just 
it's so fast and like abrupt it jars you at least for me i get real pissed when stuff like that happens yes you're goddamn ice i'm trying to go somewhere especially in that moment you're like terrified but Mm -hmm. once you're out of it you're safe and like you said you have you have to laugh it's like that release that tension release that you're all wound up that you're like i fell on my ass and my bagel was stolen damn it (laughs) what and i still have to go to work yeah, that's a I call in day. That's a mental health bless day you. for me. Yeah, bless Taking you, Sam. Taking some PTO that day. Sinisterhood will be right back. This next one we have is from Kelly. Subject line, my date with an almost domestic terrorist. I don't know how to ease into this gently, but let's just say that when the girls and I are sitting around talking about crazy dates, I win every time. No one else's dates ever end with an FBI interview. The setting is Dallas slash Mesquite, Texas, 2011. I had been in contact with a guy who used to live down the street from me. I met him when I was around 10 and spent a lot of time around his house hanging out with his sister. When I was 13, I was in his house painting my nails when it got raided by SWAT. So you could say we knew each other well. He felt like the big brother I never had for a while. So when this guy joined the military, I kept contact. I felt bad for him. He was having a terrible time in the military. So when he told me he was coming home on leave on a July weekend and asked if I would be willing to get coffee with him, I obviously accepted. He seemed like he needed a friend. He comes by to pick me up and immediately opens up his trunk to show me Lego sets, like fully constructed Lego sets in his trunk. I've really never understood that part. But anyway, he doesn't want to get the coffee that he offered because of some conspiracy theory that I still don't understand. So we end up at a sit-down restaurant. He ordered a chocolate milk at an olive garden, which should have told me just how crazy this would be from the jump. I start to realize that he's dressed very nicely. The car was very clean, he's wearing cologne, and he has a fresh fade. He's complimenting my appearance a lot. Then it hits me. Is this a date? I can tell he's very manic. His accent is suddenly Jordanian. He's talking a lot and making zero sense. He's mocking the waiter's speech impediment and acting very bizarre. I'm freaking mortified. He's asking me to go away with him, go to a club, or go on a road trip. I got up to use the restroom, and when I came back, my phone was gone. He tries to convince me I took it with me to the restroom, but I remembered leaving it on the table. Then he tries to convince me that the waiter must have stolen it, but like, you're sitting right here, dude. How would he do that? At this point, I've eaten my fill and heard an hour of rambling. I'm realizing my beloved childhood friend is now beyond my reach. I'm just ready to go home. He leaves for the restroom. I slide the waiter a big tip and apologize profusely. The waiter offered to call someone for me, but I just wanted to go home and I wasn't afraid of my friend. We head out, but not before he shows me the freaking Lego sets in his trunk again. Like, I get it, my guy. They're Legos. Please just drive me home. We get in the car, and then his mania ramps up to a thousand. We're driving down 30, and he's still trying to convince me to go to a club with them. I decline, and he asks me my exit. Jim Miller, I reply. He replies, or I could just take you out to the middle of nowhere where no one can hear you scream. This was a voice I had never heard in all my years talking to him. It was like he was terrified and excited. Nope, Jim Miller, I replied. He blinked at me, confused, like I was clearly not hearing him. 
white-knuckling the steering wheel, but now he sounds frustrated on top of everything else. He's half screaming, half growling, repeating his threats. He's going to take me off somewhere and no one will find me. No one will hear me, etc. I blink back. I yawn. Nuh-uh. Jim Miller. It's right up there, I say, pointing at my exit. To this day, I cannot explain why I replied so casually like that. I was dang near peeing in my shorts. I yawn when I'm terrified, but he didn't seem to know that. He must have thought I was either the bravest or the dumbest human alive out there yawning at death threats from enlisted soldiers. He drove me home, suddenly stunned silent, still white-knuckling. He followed me into my house uninvited. I didn't freak out because boredom in the face of death seemed to be working so far, and if it ain't broke... I let him stand there awkwardly talking to me for a few minutes, and then just kind of calmly told him he needed to leave now. Homie just left? I guess my reaction was so unimpressed that he kind of lost his footing on whatever he had planned. I can't say I recommend this approach, but it worked this one time. A few weeks later, the FBI is trying to track me down at a bar I used to work for. I call them back, and they're flabbergasted that I hadn't heard the news. My childhood friend and awkward life-threatener, Nasser Jason Abdo, has been arrested at Fort Hood in the middle of planning a terrorist attack. Turns out Nasser was AWOL when he took me to dinner. I'll let you do the Googling to see what he did. I had to go meet with the FBI. They seemed a little sideways that I didn't report it at the time, but one, I didn't know for sure if he stole my phone. Two, I didn't think vague threats warranted police interaction. And three, he certainly never mentioned anything about bombs. I would have reported that. Reporters called me nonstop for weeks because, according to the FBI, I was the last known contact that he saw before he left for Fort Hood, and they figured out I was pretty entangled in his early life, too. I didn't give a statement because it was all too weird at the time, and it felt like superfluous to add on a bunch of irrelevant accusations to what he was already facing. Also, I was afraid that the public would probably be pretty unkind to me if they heard my story. So anyway, mental health is wild. Check on your friends and don't ignore the changes. He was always a super sweet, brotherly, protective, kind-hearted guy until he wasn't. I ignored 500 red flags because it was just too hard to believe that the teddy bear of a guy that I had known would ever hurt me or anyone else. I know people don't want to hear good things about people who could do something awful, but it's valuable to know that even good people need to be checked on and that even the guy who gives the best hugs might drive off the deep end too. I'm so glad that someone reported him when I clearly didn't believe the signs that were in front of me. I'll never really know if he actually wanted to hurt me, I guess. I don't know if I want to know. Jason was sentenced to two life terms plus 60 years in a supermax prison. I pray he finds peace and gets the help that he needs. Well, I did some Googling while you were reading. Yes. And I think I do remember this happening now. This happened also. He was arrested on July 27th. So this was oh, wow. right around this time in 2011. Um, but what's interesting is he was arrested on what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. They determined that he was um Possibly going to, he was building some bombs in a room and was going to use it to blow up a restaurant near the, near the, what is it called? 
to blow up Forehead? a restaurant near the base where the soldiers ate. So I've been wondering, because there was another case we covered recently, too. If it's a military type thing, even if you don't actually kill someone, but you had plans to, it seems like the sentence is way greater than if you were just a pedestrian and you did and you actually went through with this. Well, I mean, I'm not ex- what it was. Oh, he was attempted murder, attempted murder of a federal employee, attempted use of a weapon of mass destruction, possession of a weapon during a crime of violence. So you can be if you've taken positive steps like going and buying a bunch of smokeless gunpowder, which mm-hmm. is kind of what set the authorities off. The people at this gun shop were like, this guy bought a lot of smoke. They found at his hotel room, handgun ingredients for explosive device, including gunpowder, shrapnel and pressure cookers. Also, there was an article in the room that was called make a bomb in the kitchen of your mom from inspire magazine. First of all, inspire, what the fuck are you doing? Why? Why does that? Um, yeah. And then, There was also reports that he had child pornography on a computer, which he denied. He also represented himself at his trial. And so he went, his wife, what what did uh, she say? He's spending two life terms plus six years in a supermax. That Mm -hmm. sounds about right for somebody representing themselves. Yeah, I mean, when you, you see that they can put all the pieces together, if they can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you attempted to do this and you were stopped, then yeah, you're, you're going to jail. And again, because you don't have an attorney, federal... Uh, courts are pretty hard to navigate on your own. Well, I imagine he denied it. If they, yeah. I'm sh- they must have offered him one. But if he's, he clearly was not um, doing well mentally. So if, I don't know, at what point is it declared that he is not even mentally capable to say he wants to represent himself? Like, obviously, this guy shouldn't, he's going to do himself a disservice by doing that. Well, and you, if you're, found competent to stand trial you understand the nature of the charges against you you understand Mm -hmm. there's no they don't stop you from just being foolish which i think representing yourself in federal Mm -hmm. terrorist charges is extremely foolish i saw it happen when i was an intern and that didn't go well for that Mm -hmm. guy either because you don't understand the intricacies of uh evidence law and questioning and and rebuttal arguments and things like that so if you are competent to stand trial you're competent to deny uh, decline having representation a lot of times and I didn't look into his case but a lot of times a, a judge will say well I'm not going to have you represented because you've declined it what I'm going to do is have a federal public defender sit at the table with you and if you have questions you can like ask some questions but they're not your lawyer oh um, interesting like a law so, clerk almost you know what just to it, it, you do that because then when someone gets convicted they're not like well I didn't even have any help and mm-hmm. it's like well you declined the help but in that case you go well you did and you still didn't really mm-hmm. uh, you didn't do so hard Wikipedia says He is alleged to have planned the bombing because of his opposition as a Muslim to the U.S. war in Afghanistan. But the U.S. attorney, Robert Pittman, compared the plot to the 2012 mass murders by two other American men, which was the movie theater shooting in Aurora, Colorado, and um, at a Sikh temple in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. He said Abdo would plan to use violence to advance his twisted agenda. Well... It's it is a real bummer when someone that you thought you knew and that you knew really well I think it sounds like he's he had a mental break and things went south for him and that's really hard to come to terms with when 
they're not the person that you grew up with and knew, especially when they turn on you and you're like, what? Why would you ever act like this? And mm-hmm. I think that I think that Kelly brings up a good point about people don't like to hear the other side of people they may consider a monster that like he used to be a good guy he was really nice he gave the best hugs but that stuff i think is important because it highlights that again like she said check on your friends if something Mm -hmm. seems off because this is how you remembered him and now they have taken a complete 180 check in on him even if it's it's hard to believe it but like she said other people saw the red flags when you're so close to something it's hard to see the red flags so but like with all of these, in your gut, you're like, something isn't right. So train yourself to listen to your gut. And it's hard if you've lost touch and then you mm-hmm. meet up with them. You just sort of assume they're the same. And then when they're kind of strange, you're like, well, maybe they're just having an off day. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like people that were around him uh, made some reports as well that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of saw the descent. So you, Kelly, you, you did the best with what you could have done at the time, especially yeah. just trying to save yourself. If someone's drinking chocolate milk at an Olive Garden and says on the way home that they're going to take you to a field. I think Oof. you just are fight or flight, right? It's That's just terrifying. Mode. Yeah. Yeah. Good so. on the waiter, too, for recognizing this doesn't seem right and offering to call. Mm-hmm. I'm always very impressed and thankful when bartenders or waiters or whatever step in because they I, they see enough shit to know. And I they're trained. A lot of them are trained to like, if you see this happen, then offer help or whatever. So yeah. good on good on the waiter, too. Sinisterhood will be right back. This next one we have is from Jay, and the subject line is, The House That Made My Mum a Believer. I have a great story for you about my childhood. I'd almost forgotten that this happened and had to put it down to be a result of an overactive imagination until a recent, rather chilling conversation with my mom. I grew up in a small town in South Africa. As kids, we lived on a cattle farm, but we moved closer to the city when I was six to be closer to our school and my dad's place of work. Long story short, after months of looking for a new house, my parents finally found one. It was a large house sat at the end of a quiet street on top of a hill, and it was beautiful. We were all excited to move in. My parents had gotten the house for far less than it was worth. However, the excitement was very short-lived. Some context. Now, South Africa isn't the safest place to live, at least not in the area that I grew up in. The crime rate is high and there's a large unhoused population, so it isn't uncommon to have large fences, guard dogs, and private security. My dad had always been extremely paranoid about safety, almost obsessively so, and would always make sure that all windows and doors were locked and alarms were set before going to bed in the evening. Okay, on to the story. It was a two-story home with a kitchen, formal dining room and living room downstairs, and the bedrooms and playroom upstairs. My brother, being the oldest, had the room furthest away from my parents' room, right next door to our playroom. The house, although beautiful, had an ominous feel about it that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up, and I never wanted to be alone in a room for long. It felt like I was being watched or like I was somewhere that I wasn't supposed to be. On the day we moved in, my dad noticed that the playroom door was shut and locked and that he didn't have a key for it. He called the real estate agent who assured him that no internal doors should be locked and that they didn't have any other keys than the one my dad already had. One night, not long after, my brother, who was 10 at the time, woke my parents to tell them that he couldn't sleep 
because of a knocking sound between the wall of his room and the locked playroom next door. My dad got up to investigate and saw that the once very locked door was now wide open with the TV presumably left behind from the previous owner on with static. Thoroughly freaked out, my dad turned the TV set off and unplugged it. He walked out, trying to close the door behind him, only to find that the knob was scalding hot with no explanation. He turned to face the door, perplexed, and it slammed shut in his face. My brother slept in their room that night. This happened several more times. The knocking, the door opening and closing on its own, sometimes locked, before my dad had the doorknob removed and a new one installed. That night, my brother went to sleep in his room and woke up to the knocking sound again. Half curious and half annoyed at this point, he knocked back. The knocking stopped, and so he rolled over, trying to go back to sleep. Seconds later, the knocking, which had now turned into banging, resumed, this time coming from the bedroom door. He screamed for my dad, who ran down the hallway only to see a dark figure disappear into the playroom. My dad followed, finding nothing but an empty room, with the unplugged TV on, with static, once again. That was the last night any of us slept in our own bedrooms again, and my brother and I moved into my parents' room and stayed there for the remainder of our time living in that house. A few weeks passed until one day we came home from school to find that our mom had been packing our things. We moved out the following day and lived with my grandparents while waiting for the house to sell. My mom never explained why we moved out so abruptly until a recent family dinner where we were talking about that strange night. It turns out that on several occasions, while my mom was home alone, she would hear voices calling her name down the hall or from upstairs. One day, she heard one so vivid and loud that she was convinced there was someone in the house. She ran to the back door and let our two 50-kilogram, 110-pound dogs into the house, but instead found them cowering and whimpering, refusing to come inside. The last straw for her came one day when she was in the kitchen washing dishes. She again heard a noise, and turning to see where it came from, saw a tall, shadowy figure staring at her. It turned slowly and walked out, turning down the hall. A loud crash followed, and when she finally got the nerve to check what had happened, she found three of our framed family photos, once hung on the wall, smashed on the ground. Not just smashed, but they looked like they had been stomped on. She was recounting the story to us now 20 years later and still seemed shaken by it. She was tearing up telling it. We're not sure what happened in that house or what the presence was that we could all feel, but I am convinced that it was something dark and sinister that did not want us to be there. I've had a few more spooky experiences since then, both paranormal and true crime, so let me know if you'd like to hear them and I'll send them in. Love you and so glad I found your podcast. Have a beautiful day, Jay. Mama did the right thing. Why is the TV with static so scary? I don't know. Reading but this, it is. Before we went on the air and I read this in advance, I was like, because I was in the house and it was dead silent mm. and my back is to the hallway and it was like, she heard a name calling her voice down the hall and I was like, no. <laughs> I was uh, reading these in bed last night and um, the light from my laptop was like, right in my face so i couldn't see like anything past that and i did not like that i was like D i'm playing a dangerous game so i can just walk in or i hear something or tommy walks in and scares the shit out of me but yeah the tv with the static maybe from poltergeist maybe yeah, that's probably. why it's so creepy but yeah. it's a big thing in haunted houses too like i guess because it's just 
um, I don't know, unnatural. There's yeah, something spooky about it. I, it's like we always say of like, okay, well, if there's they're touching the doorknob or banging on the wall, then they can move. So I'm like, if they're able to turn on the TV, then they're able to manipulate energy to the at least to the point of turning on the TV and heating up the doorknob. Mm. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I I they did the right thing, moving the kids in the bedroom and then GTFO before anything else could could happen. And that sucks because you're like, wow, this house was gorgeous. And then you're like, this is why we got it for such under market value. Mm-hmm. That's why it was cheap. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. y'all are looking for a house. If you find one that they're like, there's no, there, it's like, uh, it's below listing price. 20% like, below listing price. Probably because of fucking haunted. TV. Yeah. <laughs> you have to tell yeah. me. You have to tell me. these doorknobs are hot. <laughs> these doorknobs get hot. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. All right, well, this final one we've got is from Susie. I've been excited about this one all day. I have been so excited about this. You have not read this, correct? Mm -mm. You're going in. I'm going in. Not knowing anything. I have read it. I saved it for last and gave it to Heather because we'll all see why. And the the thing I meditated on this morning was I vow to dive into the unknown and just I'm diving in, baby. There you, there's nothing more unknown than what this is about to be. <laughs> well, Susie sends it with the subject line, sexually attractive ghost. <laughs> Susie writes, trigger warning, this is a sexy ghost story. I was a sophomore in college and home for summer break. My boyfriend at the time would sleep over at my house a lot because I stopped being allowed at his house after his mom found out I wasn't baptized. This comes full circle, I promise. Anyway, one night we were up late watching a movie, and all of a sudden my TV started turning on and off repeatedly. Figuring it was just a weird electrical problem, I got up and unplugged it, and then plugged it back in. Well, it turned back on and started to bug out. First, it switched to this weird static channel and began messing with the volume. Up, down, up, down. Then it started turning on and off repeatedly again. We got so freaked out that we left the house and went to the 24-hour diner to wait out the night. We shook in silence and ate pancakes until the sun came up. I was terrified of spending the next night in my room alone, so my boyfriend reluctantly agreed to stay over again. That night, I insisted we watch a movie that not even a poltergeist could ruin for me, Mean Girls. As I passionately rapped along with Kevin G., I began to relax and eventually drifted off to sleep. Not long after, I was awakened by the sharp nudge of my boyfriend, absolutely terrified and pointing to the ceiling light. It was flickering on and off repeatedly, almost frantically. I couldn't shake the feeling that whatever this was, it was desperately trying to get my attention. Regardless, we immediately ran out of the house into the diner, where we once again shook in silence and ate pancakes until the sun came up. I spent the next night alone and terrified. Somehow, I was able to fall asleep, but shortly after was awakened abruptly, not by a noise or light, but by the physical feeling of my bed sinking as if something or someone was sitting on it. I shot up, terrified, and that's when I saw it. That same something that had been fucking with my electronics was now visible to my eyes, sitting at the edge of my bed. I knew 
that I was seeing a ghost, and that ghost was hot as fuck. <laughs> I was shocked at how fucking hot this ghost was. <laughs> Ghosts aren't supposed to be hot. They're supposed to be gross and shitty looking, like sad, mangy colonial men. That's not what this was. This was a <laughs> this was a young, supple man. Crisp. <laughs> Oh, y'all. <laughs> this was a young, supple man with crystal blue eyes and hair of gold. Just punk rock enough to grab your interest, but wholesome enough to introduce to your judgmental parents. <laughs> and it felt sexual. All of it. I knew I had a boyfriend, and I really liked him, but I loved this ghost. I blinked again, and he was gone. But my infatuation would persist. I went to a water park with some friends the next day and could not stop thinking about this beautiful stranger that had flirtingly terrorized me in the night. I could not get him out of my head. I hoped he would come back tonight. But this time, I'd be ready. No oversized underpants and stained Harvard Law Just Kidding t-shirt. This time, I'd wear normal size underpants and a clean Harvard Law Just Kidding t-shirt. I got home that evening and ran into my room looking forward to a second date with my paranormal star-crossed lover. As I gleefully hopped through the door, I was met with a strong herbal smell and was surrounded by rosary beads. I was then face-to-face with my boyfriend. What the fuck are you doing here, I said. My mom said you were being haunted by ghosts because you weren't baptized and told me to sage your room and hang rosary beads everywhere, he said. Thanks, babe. I winced through gritted teeth seemingly certain that these plastic beads were not going to cock block me well guess what they did because i never saw the hot ghost again i'm dying (laughs) i'm so glad i didn't read that in advance thank you Susie. well i i love it we don't hear enough about hot ghosts and you're right they're always it's like they're i mean there's like memes and stuff about how ghosts don't exist past like (laughs) war-torn times because you never see those we need i want to see some millennial ghosts i want to see some hot gen what am i gen x ghosts walking around you know Mm -hmm. it's about some of those chippendales dancers (laughs) we need something like a zach morris kind of a look this is what i envision because the golden locks Mm -hmm. a little punk rock um you Susie, could get a job writing descriptions of people that then they could put into their dating profile because if i read this i'd be like i'll fuck that guy or ghost (laughs) right now today i'll swipe everybody wants someone that's like you know you want a a freak in the sheets and a non-ghost on the streets (laughs) a young supple man with crystal blue eyes and hair of gold come on sounds like a greek god i have a theory go well if we examine the beginning of this story, what were we seeing? We were seeing electrical problems where things were being plugged, unplugged, mm-hmm. plugged, unplugged. Things going up, down, up, down, up, down, repeatedly, fast, fast, fast. The flicking of the lights, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. It's almost as if he was already fucking Oh, yeah, he was Or ready. he was saying, hey, this is what you can have. If oh, you well, well. If get get your boyfriend to go back home for a night, 
And this is the speed at which we're going to be doing things. You're the outlet. I'm the plug into. <laughs> Let's do it. I could not love a story more. I am really sorry that the sage and the rosary beads I know. scared him off. Oh, man. If anybody's listening and you know how to conjure old poltergeist, well, send it in. We'll forward it to Susie. May, I mean, I usually don't say go to the Ouija board. If you can get just the sexy ghost to answer, then I say do it. And the good thing about the Ouija board is, you know, if you say, well, hey, what message do you have for me? And they just send it to the D, T, and F. <laughs> message received. <laughs> they just keep, the planchette just keeps going burp, 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 back and forth from yes DTF, real fast. DTF, yes, DTF, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, may he visit you again someday. Maybe it'll be like in Titanic. You live a nice long life. And then when you die, all your family memories, it goes away. And you just see that one guy from your youth that you've been waiting for, that Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio waiting for you. Is that what happened at the end of that movie? Yeah, that's the crazy thing is she gets off the boat. Spoiler alerts for Titanic. If you haven't watched it, it's a two cassette VHS tape. So make sure you watch the second tape. 1996, I think. Did came out in 1996, but she gets off the boat and starts a new life. She ditches Billy Zane, Cal, of course, Leo's a popsicle at the bottom of the ocean, and then she has a new family, has kids. One of her kids is on the boat with her talking to Billy pa- or Bill Paxton, R.I.P. Right. And then at the end, she dies in her sleep. We think After I think that throwing the necklace off the which, why the fuck, lady? Like, that's a huge, that could go in a museum. Sell it and, and give it to some needy organization. My God, yeah, don't just chunk it into the fucking sea. That's such a waste. And if you think like, oh, well, I don't want my kids to be spoiled rich kids. Like you said, other people could use it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. But then when she dies, you know, she's like goes to, you know, to take an old dirt nap, as we say. <laughs> I've never heard there's a lot of phrases. I told you one of my 2023 resolutions is leading into my Texas. Well, I I mean, I'm born and raised here, but I haven't heard that. But I'm going to start using it now. We also got to use, I don't know if this is Texas, but this is my husband. <laughs> Are you doing it? Are you going to show The it? other night, Tommy's telling us a story. Wait, what were we talking about? I don't recall. It was something about was it when he was- AI or something about robots or something. I thought it was on his rant about funeral homes. Was that not it? <laughs> he did go on a rant about funerals. It was fantastic. Just my favorite <laughs> in general. <laughs> my favorite part is when I go, "What happened at a funeral that has had you up so upset?" He goes, "I could tell you a half a dozen stories right now." <laughs> and I was like, "God, yeah." But he goes, but no. "Listen, when the shit shakes out, we're all going to realize none of this." <laughs> <laughs> we were like the shit shakes out <laughs> i i fell off the porch uh, like i tumped tumped down the stairs because tommy's like just so slick in the way he said it he's like yeah and then when the shit shakes out then you'll know and i was like what the fuck is that i gotta start saying that you know when the shit shakes out well, it's you know. just like and that's jazz you know <laughs> yeah yeah so that's a fantastic one but how do we get on the shit shakes out? We're talking about, oh, Texanness. Yeah, when you all take, when she takes up the Titanic, nap. she takes her old dirt nap. And then she's in what one would presume heaven, the afterlife, et cetera. Depends on your uh, views. And she's in the stairwell, well-dressed. And Jack, a.k.a. Leonardo DiCaprio, is in a suit. And they, like, reunite and are dancing and stuff. And, on the and, ship? 
Yeah, it's and, been a minute since I've seen this. I mean, I know the, the gist of what happens on the Titanic, but, but like, I forgot about this part. My favorite part is heaven is to go to the ship that sunk. <laughs> like, you remember that <laughs> tragedy you, that you they lived through? Killed half the pe- they killed you the like, man of your dreams, apparently. Let's go back there. That might be hell. Like, I think maybe she went to hell at the end. We don't know. But regardless, Leonardo DiCaprio's there. But p- the good, the point that many people over the years have made is like, she had like a whole family. And then when she died, her heaven was like not to be with her family, but was like, I'm going to actually go over here right? and try to get that Leo dick. Dang. I mean, we can't look at him. Listen, th- we all live our lives. And when the shit shakes out, we either end up in heaven or hell. And Leonardo DiCaprio, he's going to be in both places. So it doesn't matter. That's true. I think he will. He's one of those that you're going to see him everywhere. He's done <laughs> he's good. Ubiquitous. He's done bad. I mean, I don't know if he's done anything hell worthy. But, uh, you know, he's. He cares about the planet. He's like he's a, the lady on the good place that ends up in the medium place alone. Yeah, That's he'll DiCaprio. be in the medium place. <laughs> he's in the medium place. Well. Uh, I can't thank you enough, Susie. That was a phenomenal tale, and may, may you be reunited. And may this spark other tales, like so many, where people are like, oh, I forgot about my sexual ghost encounter, because if if we need to do another show, mm-hmm. a weekly show that's just talking about ghost fucking, Phantom we'll fucks. work it into our schedules. <laughs> we can do it. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. No, we can. We'll make it happen. Send we'll it call. In. We'll make a call. Sinisterhood will be right back. Uh, well, Madison has a question. Oh. What is your Freaky Friday story? Well, oh, man. Oh, yeah, okay. I have a lot. Yeah. Um, what would be one that I would send in? Um, well, Heather thinks I have an oppressive spirit living in my podcast studio. Honestly, I'm just afraid of your bookshelves. They're so scary. But I do low-key feel like something's been going on in my house. You for the said past, you heard like, a dog. <laughs> Something tumped over in the closet. But then when you look, nothing was tumped. It did not appear to be. But it could have been a thousand other things. Like a so. devil knocking on the door. <laughs> I've never in. felt an evil presence i feel i don't feel the evil yeah i um what did you use heart i feel like shape mac and cheese are superior nikki's right <gasps> they are they're so good i'm gonna disagree you gotta do them al dente you can't get them too cooked they'll fall yeah apart. they get too mushy because when it's too just much right it holds the but i love craft original so much mm-hmm. that it's hard for me to do the other one but sometimes it can go okay i'm Joni mitchell though because you don't know what you got till it's gone and they don't make gluten-free shape ones they only make really the craft- annie's doesn't no they make the like what you're talking about noodles or shells or um annie's or annie's not that i've seen i've did. had noodles or shells so um mm. i miss the shapies um so On yeah the there was the the thing that well before this happened i don't remember what happened a couple months ago but something happened and i like feel like i've been seeing like shadow people <laughs> and I, I say we're at your house so late sometimes <laughs> so late it's never been like a, a bad feeling though but then it got to be happening a lot to where the other Great. day i said i think something's going on in the house and tommy was like what do you mean i was like i don't know but i just but also like a lot of times it happens when i'm high and i think so i chalk it up to like i'm just high and paranoid or you That's know, you see stuff that isn't there. So, um, 
But then the other night I was in the studio at late at night and I was like arranging some crystals and thing on the bookshelf where like there's a lot of witchcraft mm-hmm. and stuff like that books. And in the closet right next to me, there was, I thought it was a knock mm-hmm. and it was, it, I don't usually like get scared like that, but I <laughs> ran to the bedroom and woke <laughs> up Tommy. And I was like, you have to come in here. I just heard a noise. I was like, and he, because he is the unflappable Tommy Brown. Decided, just, I'm going to write a novel about his life and turn it <laughs> Paris will direct the film. And uh, he went in and opened it. Nothing. It was fine. Yeah. He's, he's a legend. Diana makes a great point. What if you're more susceptible to the spirits while you're high? Your guards are down. Could be. You're, you're the, the I also thinner. saw something the other night. What we the were fuck? Outside. What did you see? And why didn't you tell me? Because I spend almost every week, almost every night of the week over there. I, I heard Tommy think, say, I by the way, to your brother, I was going to the bathroom and your, Tommy was like gaming with your brother. And he's like, yeah, that was Heather. No, she was telling me about that toad out there. Because I, I just <laughs> ran in the room and was like, he's in the moss house. And then he got out. And now he's standing next to the little acorn thing from Ella's room. And he was like, I'm sorry, what? Because he was gaming and talking to Chris's brother. And then he was like, oh, no, it's okay. You can tell me because he's very nice. And then I went to the bathroom. And then I heard him on the thing. And he goes, yeah, she comes over. <laughs> oh, almost every night. <laughs> but he, like, said it. It was, like, very uh, matter-of-fact and not, like, she's almost always over. He's like, oh, yeah. yeah, she's over here all the time. And I'm like, thanks, man. What the yeah. fuck did you see in the yard? I don't. I What did I, you see in the yard? What was it? And I, what have I been over there since? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You gotta tell motherfucker that. You gotta tell motherfucker if you ask him over to their house. And there's ghouls around? I don't think. Wait, have you? Maybe it was the night of the Moss House. So maybe you have I was over there the night of the Moss House. I know. I mean, after. Oh, okay. You were outside when this happened, and I chose not to say anything. (laughs) It's only now that I'm realizing maybe I should have, but I thought I was doing the right thing. You waited till we're live (laughs) with 100 people to be like, hey, don't freak out. Okay, let me stay fucking cool, man. Let me stay cool. I'm just going to stay cool while you tell me that I was in the presence of a ghoul. A ghoul, I say. I don't think it was. I don't know. It was. I turned to look. Shit. Towards the. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. Fuck. We got to turn the live stream off. I can't. I'm deceased. The podcast is over. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I've uh, been betrayed. No. Okay. So I looked to see. I was laughing at a comment. I looked to see in the general direction of where John Hopper stays. And further from that, um, I thought I saw something. Describe it. Peek around from the side of the house. If I had to describe it, it would. I don't, it was so fast. It was white and like a Fresno nightcrawler. Right? <laughs> so it could have been a Fresno goddamn fucking nightcrawler. No, it could have been a Frisco nightcrawler. <laughs> probably walked on down the tollway <laughs> and I missed it. <laughs> if it was bad, 
I would have wanted to see it. And if it was good, I would have wanted to see it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's even better. I could have helped. I think, I think it was all in my head. So that's why I didn't say anything because I was like, that's silly. (laughs) All I've ever wanted is to see a cryptid. (laughs) I don't think it was. And it probably wasn't encrypted. It was probably a ghost. Well, I've seen plenty of those. <laughs> I don't think it would. I think, I don't know. We're going to need to do some get the fuck out spells. I don't, I don't know if I want it to leave. This I is how think- they get in the family. <laughs> I'm going to go over there one night and they're going to be like, come in, Heather. We've been waiting for you. And I'm like, why do you guys look like that? And they're like, come in. The children are awake. We're ready for the sacrifice. <laughs> like, I don't think it, I've never felt like, um, threatened or anything that's good it does i mean i don't get a bad vibe except for the fucking jack nicholson heads <laughs> on your fucking bookshelf which are a fully fucking curse maybe they're cursed and that's why this uh has been happening since they came into our life well my freaky friday stories one time i was in a trial and it was a terrorist and whatever <laughs> anyway next question <laughs> stupid because i didn't see even any cryptids at all so Fine. I don't want you to think I saw a Fresno Nightcrawler because I did not see anything walking. It was like this. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. Like awesome it was thoughts. just like if somebody was wearing something white, like a traditional stereotype ghost. Like a legit ghost. And then just like did a little around. Half, half thing around. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll keep my eyes peeled next time. <laughs> Lindsay said ghosts don't do that. Well, thank you, Lindsay. I don't think it's a ghost. I think I, it was all in my head. Um, Diana Wait, said, scroll down sounds like what? I don't know if it was a joke or real. Um, oh, a dick bag. No, yeah. <laughs> no, Diana said, is Jack Nicholson heads worse than the Blues Brothers? Yeah, no, so much. By a landslide. They're by so small. <laughs> how many, explain to me how many times the Blues Brothers hatcheted anybody to death. Zero times. That and was that character. He so played. was that character. It's oh, the evil okay. character. No, it's the size for me. Oh, the tiny heads are worse. Like, <laughs> can you imagine them just hopping around? Those <laughs> things <laughs> can hold you down and just suffocate you with the their giant brothers? hands. Yes. They probably could. Strangle you. Oh, 100%. They're hollow inside, though. You just got to do the middle. got to punch hard enough to get right <laughs> through. You got to go like the crow in the gut. <laughs> go in and get that liver. Oh. Get that liver. Well, thanks so much. <laughs> great question well thank you so much to everyone that has sent in a freaky friday story if you have an odd but true story maybe you've encountered bigfoot you've seen a ufo you had a brush with true crime or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being send them in at sinisterhood.com slash freaky friday If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content, like our recent mini-sode on the use of Siri in the courtroom or our upcoming mini-sode on the deadly true story behind a viral internet sensation. Head to SinisterHood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out SinisterHood merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos. You can also review the show while you're there, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for more fun like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets.
You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Find us on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. And book us for a custom video shout out on Cameo where we can deliver a message like happy birthday, happy anniversary, I love you, anything like that. Just go to Cameo.com and search Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at online? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I am on pretty much all platforms at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.